Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. We are recording live from 2022. It's on. It's happening. The earth is still moving, surprisingly. Surprisingly, we're here. Surprisingly, I still look like shit. Maybe unsurprisingly. No, I really look like dog shit today. I also am wearing a nightgown where whatever my version of cleavage is is showing, which is just my bare uh, little boy chest. And I say that with love. Devin, instead of talking about resolutions, what were you grateful for in 2021? Well, I actually can't count on even both hands, how many times I saw a Bravo celebrity on Instagram post over the past few days, 2021 will always be the best year of my life because it brought me my baby. Every, every Vanderpump Rules cast member, 2021 will always be the best year of my life because it brought me my baby. 2021 will always be the best year of my life because, and it's like, first of all, that baby's going to have a lot of other life accomplishments. I mean, is it really the best moment of that baby's life? Or is it going to be when you get to watch them? I don't know. Start their own franchise. Start their own franchise. Launch their jean line. Launch their shoe line. <laughs> but I am grateful for TikTok. I really was one of those people who was like, TikTok? I just can't get into it. It's not for me. Like, I just... For me, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then I worked on my algorithm. I took the time. I I got my algorithm exactly where I wanted it to be, which is dogs, babies, reality show moments from the years past, historic cult, pop culture moments such as dance sequences from Camp Rock, dance sequences where Hilary Duff looks awkward, people making fun of Christy Carlson Romano. Like I finally got my <laughs> algorithm exactly where it needs to be. And... I'm really grateful for that because it brings me joy. 
I know that Carolina is so averse to TikTok that when I send her a TikTok, she completely stops communicating with me. She ghosts me every time I send her a TikTok because I assume she's so afraid to open it that she just can't say anything until we start our next conversation. That's actually very much the case. And and I'll, I'll say that TikTok feels chaotic to me. The videos are fast paced, loud, not to sound high maintenance, but I'm auditory sensitive so when I hear even like a loud clapping sound, I mute my computer and just wait for it to end. So sometimes, yes, I, I skip it over. I say I, I will watch this at a later date when I'm texting Devin for a favor or two. And then I do watch the video and say, OK, that was actually really funny. I have five words for the public that's listening to this and anyone who might have heard what Carolina just said and think TikTok is not for them. I will say Five words. TikTok is not Dunkirk. Based on what Carolina just said, you might think that it's like a very loud cacophonous experience. It's really not. It's actually quite gentle and soothing. Um, That's true. A lot of people have said that, that it's gentle and soothing and helps them calm down. That okay. is not my experience with it. And I want to say you experience Dunkirk. I, I, I do. It is my Dunkirk. I send you a video that's like literally a dog talking and she sees Dunkirk. What are you grateful for, Carolina? I'm grateful for, as usual, my dogs who keep me filled with a level of joy that I never thought possible. And I'm grateful, and actually this goes into our topic today, and I'm not just saying this to make a smooth transition. I'm grateful for the Real Housewives. That is very uh, relevant, Carolina. Um and the reason it's relevant is because this episode will be the first in a new series. The true crime romance series is not completed. Uh, we will return to some crime romances, but we all are, are taking a, some would say lighter, some would say darker turn <laughs> with this new series, Reality Romance, where we will be focusing on the romantic elements of some of our favorite reality shows. We won't stick with just Bravo. We won't stick with just TLC, not just MTV. We'll be all over the map. Today, we're starting with a simpler, simpler franchise. And that is The Real Housewives of New York, a historic series that changed the future for reality TV and for women as a whole. Before <laughs> we dive into that, we are going to cover a, a pretty shocking uh, reality headline that actually was something I was grateful for in 2021 was learning about this romance and it's from a different Real Housewives franchise that is the sudden jarring and probably for some devastating marriage of Megan King formerly Edmonds and Cuff Biden Owens the name Cuff Biden so Megan King, when I first saw this headline, I remember seeing a headline that Megan King, formerly of Real Housewives of Orange County, had remarried. And I was like, oh, cool, whatever. Then I took a second glance, like my head shot back to the Daily Mail. And I saw take. to someone with Biden in their name. The headline for the Daily Mail on this devastating news read exclusive. He never knew what private things would be made public. Megan King and cuff Biden Owens called it quits after two months because he couldn't cope with wife's quote lifestyle of constantly documenting everything. So basically friends of cuff Biden are saying that 
they got divorced because he was overwhelmed with how she's like constantly Instagramming everything. And Mm -hmm. he didn't expect that and all this stuff. Also, the rumors started to swirl uh, that they were not together because she posted a family Christmas photo without him in it, which is a bold move. It is. It's 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 hugely bold. It's like because a Christmas photo is like it's a family photo. So if your husband's not in it, he is no longer available. There's people like me who will spend the next hour investigating more clues online um, about the status of your relationship when I see something like that. Yes. Another red flag for people was that a few weeks, I think, after they got married, Megan King posted a photo of herself in satin pajamas on a bed. And the caption was, we feel like we've been married for a million years. Oh, yikes. We feel like we've been married for a million years in parentheses. Thanks to marrying later in life and with a lot of history and well kids. So a two month anniversary, two month anniversary feels like a million years. Staycation was called for tomorrow. Real life commences. But a few hours in a hotel will do a new marriage. Good. Oh, Mm. no. Really? You already need a staycation. And also, like, why is it a a few hours in a hotel? Well, can't you stay like a full night? Anyway, then she says, please give us more good marriage tips. Oh, like brother. Well, she's also trying to engage with her audience to get more followers. But that is really dark. And it reminds me of so many couples posting being like, I feel like I've known you forever. Crying face emoji. It's basically like, I feel like Sisyphus every day pushing the same boulder up the mountain, trying to stay afloat, trying to make it work. Yes. And I did. So after reading this article, like I at first I was like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for him. Like that would drive me crazy if someone was like posting. But then I it went back to me for me too the difference between male and female intuition, because Mm. most women I know, myself included, when I was online dating and most women I know, it's like if you match with someone immediately, you're doing the private investigation search, trying to find out everything that is humanly possible. I don't think men always do that based on when I've been on dates with men and they ask about my family and and seem surprised when I say like, I have cousins who live here like and they're surprised. I'm like, wait, you didn't see my post from June 13th, 2012. Okay. Um, 2011 to that. You didn't go back to 2011 to the family trip to Canada. Okay. That's weird. So Megan King, when you go to her profile, not only does she post every day and constant red circle around her profile picture, because constantly there's a story. These are the story highlights on her page. Holiday gift guide, fashion, shop home, blogs, media, beauty, outdoors, loungewear, podcasts, shop for kids, summer style, (laughs) workout, mom life, master dating, God only knows, and vitamins. She has a whole highlight just for her vitamins. So if you really, Sir Cuff, Mr. Cuff, Mr. Cuff, if you really started dating this woman and you didn't look at her profile to see that literally every single second of her life is highlighted... That's on you, buddy. Yeah, I don't understand. Also, to give Cuff a shot, I don't understand if your husband, your new family said, can you spend less time on Instagram? Do you have to videotape me while I'm eating a bite of pasta at a restaurant, etc.? I don't understand how you could be like, actually, you are trying to 
alter my very personality and I can't change that for you. Yeah. But social media has become like an arm for people like that, I think. I mean, I guess it is her livelihood, but it's like you married a Biden. So maybe just chill out again. Maybe I'm a little too attached to Camelot when they told Joan Kennedy that she had to you know not talk to the press and just be happy being a wife and that's what it's like and you have to turn the other cheek when your husband's cheating on you if i'm saying would being a camelot wife not have been better than owning a gift shop in orange county and being a vitamins influencer i don't know seems much more relaxing to me i agree all right well we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back with reality romances real housewives of new york i want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with True Romance. We are talking about the Roni romances. 
over, I want to say about a decade. Yeah, we're, we're starting in 2010. Yep, we're starting the year that I graduated high school. And some of these ladies have been with me ever since. And of course, we have to start with the star, which is Bethany Frankel, businesswoman, mogul, uh, mentor, philanthropist. A lot of Real Housewives say that, but I do believe with Bethany it is the case. And let's briefly go over the crazy relationships she's been through. Some very romantic, some tragic. So Bethany began dating a total rando. His name was Jason, not to be confused with her husband, Jason Hoppy. He was quiet. I think he spoke two words the entire series. And I do believe he is probably the one who looks back thinking she's the one who got away, obviously. This is the irony with men is that Jill Zarin was like, when's he going to propose and pushing him to try to like basically at dinners, trying to figure out what his intentions were with Bethany. And Bethany was the one who was like, stop. I am preoccupied with like when men will propose instead of like the idea of they are the ones who will miss out if they don't. Right. It's interesting in the context of of housewives as an industry, because Real Housewives of Orange County was really centered on these women as actual housewives married to men. And then I remember when Roni Real Housewives of New York came out, Bethany was not married. And it was like a thing where people were like, well, she's not really a housewife. But it was obvious from episode one that it doesn't matter because she's so funny and interesting that she became kind of the star. And now there's not a single married woman on Real Housewives of New York. And it's just no longer a thing. Sometimes I've had friends or others come into the room while I'm watching it and they are confused like wait so none of them are married but it's called Real Housewives and I'm like it's like the Marvel Universe like okay like WandaVision is not the same as Avengers like this is not the same as season one in Kodo it's different but it's interesting so in I remember in episode one where we're introduced to Bethany she says actually that she had been like engaged twice I think and married once and people used to say she was the runaway bride and that she did that because she had such a messed up like family life growing up on the racetrack that she wanted to like recreate family so I thought it was cool that by the time we meet her she's like no I've already tried the marriage thing don't care I'm focusing on my career and Later, when she meets the man she does marry for the second time, she says, like, she wasn't even looking for a man. She just happened to find one. And we all know how that turned out. But I think it's cool that we met her when she's like, whatever, like, he's my boyfriend. I don't care. And it's fine. Yes. She eventually marries Jason Hoppy, has her Bethany Ever After series. Jason Hoppy is darkness to me. He is Hedge pure, fund. pure darkness. He works for Big Pharma at times as a medical salesperson. He just makes my skin crawl a little bit. And this reminds me of something our friend Hannah used to say, which was that we all sometimes date as if we're checking off boxes and we disregard our intuition. So I understood the choice of Jason Hoppy when I first met him. Handsome, fit, nice to her, had a job, lived in New York, wanted to get married and have a baby. But, and she talks about this in retrospect, she was like, there were things I felt before I got married that I disregarded. Yeah, I totally agree. He is like the cardboard cutout of like a guy you meet, especially on the Upper East Side of New York. And 
I don't know. I, I also remember the intro to him was like when she did the naked photo shoot and he's like, uh, don't send nudes to my work email, hun. And she's like, I'm like Lucille Ball. And he just can't believe like how silly and funny I am and all the things I get into. And it's like, actually, I think he just doesn't get you and that therefore he doesn't deserve you. And then, of course, they have a nine year divorce, which I can't imagine. I was actually just listening to her podcast and she was talking about it. And she basically said, I'm finally talking about this. And I, you know, I I haven't talked about it because I've been in it basically, but women need to know how to go through this. And and this is a huge, she didn't sign her prenup. And she says that was a huge mistake because as she put it, which I thought was really interesting. She was like, I thought prenups were embarrassing. And she was like, and it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. You don't want to talk about prenups. You're about to get married. You're like, this is going to be forever. And that became like a decade long nightmare. And she said, when I think about how much of my life was spent getting a divorce, I start to cry. So just he was arrested and, it, you know, for harassing her. It's just, I cannot believe the lengths men go to not to be left is really insane and it reminds me of elizabeth gilbert and eat pray love she starts the book off while she's going through a divorce and she said he never thought i would leave i never thought he would make it so hard for me to leave then we have dennis shields uh tragically the late dennis shields who was so hot i don't even know obviously not that interested in the limelight suspicious circumstances of life but I agree. Very hot. Perfect for her, I think. Oh, perfect for her. Huge businessman. As she explained on her podcast later, lent Tom Girardi half a million dollars, which Tom never paid back. So was clued into the Erica Jane scandal years before we were and told Bethany that guy is broke. He was just there was something very competent about him. There was something very like sure about him. So I, I really liked that setup. But then I was Googling Bethany's boyfriends today she's dated some wild cards eric stone street from modern family she dated yes. she yes. dated she went on two dates with a rod i mean i loved when she dated a hockey player quickly on roni during her divorce and she was in her like billion dollar apartment dorinda comes over and this hockey player literally is taking out his tooth to eat something and he's just like he's freakishly hot and yeah. Bethany says, uh, you know, I, I am going through a lot. I, I'm not really in a place to date, but I'll park myself here for a while, <laughs> which I was like, this is so fucking cool and hot. And I would love to just be, frankly, using someone uh, for sex that way. I think that's very attractive. Yeah. Also, in the first episode where we meet her, everything she says she wants comes true, as Caroline and I have discussed before. Like, Amazing. She says she wants a loft downtown. She wants a business. She wants to be like the Martha Stewart for natural foods. All of it comes true and in her own right. And I think the thing about Jason was that he pretended he was almost better than the show and was kind of like, I'm self-supporting, do my own thing. Like, I just golf. I'm just like a regular guy. But he wanted in on the enterprise from day one. And eventually he started working for her. And that's where it all went wrong. And he made her feel responsible for it. He's like, well, if I'm going to like give up my job and work at Skinny Girl, then like that's going to be a huge deal. It's like, then don't fucking do it. Do your own thing. 
Dennis was actually self-supporting. He barely even was on the show. He's like, I could care less about that. He also did the Kanye move of looking directly into the camera when he was on the show, which you can tell you're like, you're a novice. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Do not break the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget when they're on a beautiful vacation and Jason says he isn't feeling secure in himself. And Bethany says, well, I don't think that's my fault. And he says, yes. yeah, well, I've never felt that way before. Yes. Oh, and you're like, this whole God. thing is a relationship ender. I'm not that the old. Darkness. I'm not that wise, but I'm old enough and wise enough to know if he begins to blame you for his feelings about himself. Yep. No, no, no nope 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 goodbye i'm paying for this vacation actually so you can get on a plane and go home sweetheart yep right now bethany is engaged i speaking of going through someone's instagram to figure out if they're single or not she did take a picture of herself in a sweater that said single all the way and i'm curious about this relationship as much as Bethany is inspiring, she does not seem like someone who it would be easy to be in a relationship with. She can be jarring at times. For instance, when she screamed at Luann, which I do feel like was justified, Luann was secretly taking responsibility for Skinny Girl. But in the Berkshires, or the Berserkshires as they call it, mm -hmm. Bethany is screaming at Luann, you fuck everybody. And everyone knows it. And it was one of my favorite things because I thought to be that brave, to just say whatever comes to mind about people, I mean... That's what we love about this universe, this Marvel universe. How do you feel about moving on to another chaotic couple, which is Alex and Simon Van Kemp? I feel could not be more excited. And that <laughs> the Van Kemp's that the Van Kemp's. No, it's Van Kempen, I think. Right. Sorry, the Van Kempen. And when I um, say Alex and Simon, I also mean their son, Francois and Johan. Jill Bazarin was like, you cannot name your son Francois. He's going to get beat up. First of all, are any of their names real? Second of all, that was a really devastating Instagram stock because like they hadn't <laughs> occurred to me in a long time. And then in preparation for this episode, I was like, let me take a gander. Things are not looking good. Also, he says in his bio now that he's a lawyer and she says in her bio that she's a psychologist. A psychologist. Not how we were introduced. We were introduced to them as the manager of it, in their words, boutique hotel, except it's actually like something never, no one's ever heard of and it's a shithole. And she introduced herself as a visual merchandiser, which I figure she must be the, the breadwinner because definitely Hotel Chandler was not bringing in the bills, but I don't know what visual merchandiser is. And... I just don't get it. Well, when I read an old New York magazine profile of them, she always wanted to be famous, a famous actress, which makes sense why she auditioned for this show. They are so pretentious. It's incredible. And as Bethany put it once, they would attend an envelope opening. They are so obsessed with going to every. Wait, I'm sorry to tell you. Kelly Ben Simone is the one who said that. Shocking. No, Kelly Ben Simone repeated it. Wait, really? Yeah, yes. In a classic Kelly Ben Simone fashion, Bethany said it first, season wow. one or two. Kelly Ben Simone repeated it because she's obsessed wow. with Bethany. Alex and Simon are obsessed with fame and fashion and just putting up a front. And I thought it was really offensive when the girls are like, their Brooklyn apartment is disgusting. It was a townhouse. Yeah, it was a townhouse in Brooklyn and 
it was all because they were playing like they were the Rockefellers. And then when you yeah. go to the Brooklyn townhouse, you're like, oh, you're a, a suburban family in Brooklyn. Well, it's interesting because their house was actually like my dream home, like a townhome in Brooklyn, million dollar townhouse. And before they redecorated it, it was really nice. Like it just had like really like muted decor. But then they redecorated <laughs> it in this insane way. Red I, and black were the colors they used. Yes. Like what? And they're just everything. Like I remember when, when they were talking about how they met uh alex said like it she didn't just say like we met online dating she's like we met on an online dating site luxury and it's like so you were on okcupid like it's fine but they were that couple which is interesting and aviva repeated this later the couple that the girl brings the guy everywhere like alex brought simon to a girl's night and ramona freaked out and i totally agree (laughs) with that i think it's weird when women can't be away from the men that they're with like because i'm just not like that at all like i want girls night every night of the week besides one night a week that i could hang out with my significant other basically like i don't need my boyfriend to come to dinner with my friends like that would be weird to me well it was all because he was obsessed with the show and they were obsessed with fame and in fact when the show ended as was revealed in the new book that devin bought me not all diamonds and rosé rosé Andrew Cohen reveals that they started a vlog after they were kicked off the show talking about the show. Simon was like analyzing the ratings every week and quit his job to do it. It's so dark and weird. And they're also really weird sexually. Like they were always at one point they're getting filmed when Simon buys her a bunch of underwear and then he lies on the floor with like his her clothes all over him. And she's like, babe, come on. Devin's face right now. So upset. I'm sick. <laughs> My favorite is when in Mexico, seasons later, uh, Bethany and the girls are stuck in traffic. And Bethany says, I'd blow Simon Van Kemp for a slushie right now. <laughs> That's really funny. She is. She's a comedian for the ages. She really is. I want to talk about another star of Roni, which is Sonia Morgan. Yes. The way Sonia starts seems actually shy to me. Shy and very normal, muted, like, oh, she's like Ramona's normal friend. Exactly. And like beautiful, so beautiful, stunning, just stunning, stunning. And she used to be married to a Morgan I, I think this is also JP funny because Morgan. he's famous. He's like 40 years older than her, but she keeps describing him as her best friend. Like, I lost my best friend. I'm like, he's <laughs> 80 years old. Like, What did you guys chat about? What did you guys talk about? I picture them as the real life couple from Best in Show where Jennifer Coolidge is with that old guy. And she's like, we could talk or not talk for hours. <laughs> like that was Sonia and, and fucking literally JP Morgan. That's her ex. They also, she's obsessed with being a Morgan. Like she never leaves that identity. Yeah. I love, she's always talking about her husband's yacht and people are like, you are not married anymore. I know. I know. At one point I love when she says like, I partied with Madonna and John, John Kennedy. And Dorinda's just like, well, he's dead now. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> There's something about it. Like she's so stuck in this loop about like this past life that she had and lost. And my mom has analyzed it to be that she 
clearly has a problem with drinking and when she drinks her like first instinct is to become extremely sexual and touchy and like want to hook up with everyone including and especially bethany and luann so my mom (laughs) thinks that like she must have messed up like gotten drunk and maybe like cheated by accident well that's Um, what dorinda said is that she was cheating in the south of france and maybe is a generous term now that I think of it, but <laughs> in doing so, she lost access to an empire. Again, speaking of Camelot, like this dynasty, like Meghan King also, you lost it. But Sonia was a Morgan, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Papers, Morgan family, whatever, the townhouse, the this, the that. And she lost it because she got drunk and fucked up. So I, my mom thinks she has like an intense guilt complex about losing that and that's why she's stuck there and i think that kind of makes sense i do too well especially you feel like you have this um personality now like oh i'm a socialite i'm a morgan and and she's not over that like at one point rocco one of the french guys that she dates comes to dinner and she's pointing out her her napkins and she's like these were owned by the original jp morgan and everyone's like "Ooh!" and i was like this is that's your ex-husband's like grandfather like why yeah it's weird and she's like you have no idea what i did for that family and i'm like embarrass them by being wasted showing your vagina on Mm. real housewives all the time not that i think that's embarrassing it's it's really helped me um go get through this past year yeah i want to list some of the famous men that sonia has claimed to date okay Jack Nicholson. Can see it. Can see it. Owen Wilson. Can see it. Okay. Eric Clapton. Dark. Um, sad. And this is because her and Aviva Drescher are getting a pedicure and Drescher has a bag and Morgan says, I know that bag. Eric Clapton used to bring it to lunch. Then we'd go play pool. It's like, okay, smooth name drop. <laughs> John McEnroe, the tennis player, who actually confirmed this and is really hot. So good for her. Uh, Prince Albert of Monaco. Yeah, I can see it. Okay. I I got him confused with Prince Andrew for a second. And I was like, no, 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 Uh no. Billy Idol, Charlie Rose. Definitely happened with Charlie Rose, as we know. And she did say, like, I'm one of the thousands of girls that I'm one of the hundreds of girls that he was with. Richard Lewis, good for her. He's the best. Yes. And of course, as we know, watching the show, a bunch of 22-year-olds. She has hooked up with younger men than I would ever hook up with. Yeah. She has a way about her. She loves it. And she she was dating like a 22-year-old and was just bringing him around. And at one point, he's hungry. And she's like, I got to feed this guy. I'd get some food in him. And I was like, you are talking about him as if he is your toddler son, but okay. I love how she's shameless, though. Like, my favorite moment of all time is when she screams, bitch, I'm old at Aviva. Um, Love was thinking about this last night. But my favorite is when Luann was with the pirate and then everybody kind of knows it. And then the next night, Sonia just goes up to him and says something like, "Okay, well, you were with Luann last night, but it's my turn tonight. (laughs) And then takes him to the gardens. Obsessed. I'm obsessed. I mean, let's talk about the pirate for a second. So... The girls go to St. Bart's. I would have watched a see. I would have watched a whole season of the girls in St. Bart's. I want to see a mini series adaptation starring Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams, uh, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, the whole gang. The gang. Oh, the American group. Crime Story. St. Bart's. <laughs> fucking the pirate. American Crime Story. Fucking the pirate. <laughs> so the girls go to St. Bart's. Uh, this is when Carol Radswell was still like 
cool and seemed like really cool for the show. Her boyfriend was a successful musician who was attractive and she looked great. She got everyone a house. I mean, who pays for these vacations? But they all go to a house in St. Bart's. Um, it's famously, it's, it's just a romantic, chaotic place. Luann is dating Jacques, a very nice boyfriend by all appearances, after her divorce from the Count. And in St. Bart's, though, they go to a club where inexplicably they are all dressed as pirates. There they meet a 21-year-old, 20-year-old, who's to say, dressed as a pirate who Luann thinks looks like Johnny Depp. Keywords Luann thinks. Okay. <laughs> He's wearing a lot of eyeliner, which good for him. He is in costume. And Luann at one point says her words, I'm Indian, don't fuck with me. I guess that's her version of flirting. And <laughs> they, not on camera, leave together. And it's revealed later that I believe it's Heather who's like, there was a guy in the house last night and it was the pirate. And then Luann tries to cover it up by saying she ran into her Italian friends. She couldn't even do an excuse for cheating on her boyfriend, Jacques. That was not pretentious. Even the excuse was like, I ran into the Italians. Di Napoli. It's like, okay. And she was like, yeah, oh yeah, you did hear me last night with my Italian friends. And as someone put it, they're like, she was speaking French. Like, we know the difference. I mean, it was a real shitstorm. These, they, she just didn't have enough experience, I guess, about lying about romantic escapades. Yeah. So Luann and the pirate hookup, he comes to the St. Bart's house the next day. It was wonderful. It was so awkward. Luann is struggling so hard. Luann, not understanding that, like, translators exist in this world. She's not the only bilingual person. Calls her friend says in French and the cameras catch her being like um the pirate cannot say she keeps on calling him like the guy who looks like Johnny Depp uh he cannot say that um he was here last night and Ramona in classic bad witch fashion is like I know you were here last night okay okay well I will just say that anytime subtitles come out in a real housewives show it's truly a golden historic moment. It's like Leanne in Real Housewives of Dallas, the subtitles come up and she's talking about someone getting their dick sucked at the roundup. That was like one of those moments where you're like, oh, a subtitle conversation. She's on the phone. You're going to have to pay full attention. You're going to have to put your nail polish down that you've been painting your toes with while you watch this joyfully. You're going to have to set aside your French fries and just pay full attention. Sonia hooks up with him the next night and this is a trend in the Real Housewives is that they share a lot of sexual partners intentionally or unintentionally. What I love about Sonia is that she does not give a fuck. So for instance, when Kelly Bensimon dates a 22, 24 year old model named Max, Sonia's like, oh yeah, I fucked up with Max. I hooked up with him on his first day in New York. And Kelly Bensimon looks mortified. But Sonia's like, why is Kelly not saying that she hooked up with Max? It's so weird. She just doesn't care. And this happens with, Luann's second husband, Tom D'Agostino, which Tom D'Agostino is famously the one who cheats on Luann. Bethany gets pictures of it. Bethany tearfully tells Luann the weekend of her bridal shower or engagement party that, you know, she's being cheated on. Luann falls apart. It's all dark because Luann just wants to get married, as we all know. And 
Sonia during this time when Luann tells her like, I'm getting married. I met someone. My psychic told me I was going to meet my soulmate. And I did. And we're totally getting married and moving in together. And Sonia in her one-on-one is like, Tom, I was with Tom like a few months ago. Like Tom is just someone you hook up with, I guess. He's so unattractive to me. And not because of his looks, just his personality really comes the through. Vibe. Yeah, the vibe. Yeah, I mean, it is sad. Like, I don't think that Luann... I'm I'm going to come across like such an anti-feminist in this episode because I'm like talking about how these women should have were happier when they were part of like just being a housewife in a dynasty. But in season one, Luann, one of the first things she says is that she's a countess. She's married to the obsessed count whose family gave the Statue of Liberty to America. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, pretty outstanding stuff. So, uh, yeah. And it's like now she's with fucking Tom D'Agostino and you know she did she lived in this giant luxurious house and now she's like in a small condo apart i mean not small for me but for her but i do think she like became this really fun cool not all uncool person for a few seasons before she turned full cabaret narcissist (laughs) but yeah the tom thing was so dark because she also was like so like i'm getting married i'm getting married and it's like no offense but first of all you already got married second of all it was like to account and kind of a big deal marriage even though she says she didn't have a wedding she just went to city hall or something but it's just she's very young about the wedding she acts very young about it and it's a lot and dorinda and others are just kind of concerned as as i think i would be at that age if a friend of mine had kids and had been previously married and was like my bachelorette party i'm wearing all white my white wedding dress like i would be upset Yeah, and just, we make her out to be the victim, but as Ramona says, like, after they get married, she's like, I think Luann cheats on him all the time. Like, I think if Luann was honest with herself, she does not want to be married. She wants to be out on the town all the time. But I think she has a very interesting trajectory on the show, too, because when we meet her, she's obsessed with manners. She's obsessed with being a countess. When Bethany introduces her as Luann to their driver one night, Luann is like, I was mortified the count would be so upset if you heard that I'm the countess. It's just all so awful. And so she actually morphs into this like really self-deprecating, you know, it's hard to put up that you're like the queen of manners after um, you tell a police officer, you're going to kill him in a drunken stupor in Florida. So we kind of see um, another side of her. And Tom D'Agostino was not the only lover. Of course, she's shared with Sonia Morgan. It was also Harry Dubin who ends up hooking up with not one, not two, not three, but four of the women on Roni. Um, He was married to Aviva Drescher, uh, Leggy Blonde. He was also hooked up frequently with Sonia Morgan. He also had an experience with Luann. And in beautiful, gorgeous, romantic pictures, ends up kissing ramona at a club what are they doing at clubs i can't be at a club i know it's funny because i feel like if like you and our friends and me went on a girls trip which we've talked about doing this coming year it's like i'm looking at airbnbs and i'm like oh what's the comfiest couch what's the best kitchen where we can have snacks and they're like getting to this place with they're like all right there's the infinity pool let's get fucked up let's take shots let's jump in let's go and then they go to these clubs and they're like 
they just also the the women of New York particularly violate girl code left and right. Sonia <laughs> kind of does her own thing, but Ramona and Luann in particular, it's like if they want to get it, they're going to get it and they oh, don't yeah. care whose feelings get hurt. And I think that part of Bethany's like fight with Luann, I think multiple times was not just about the hypocrisy of like oh you're miss manners but then you fuck everyone but also she was trying to say like you're not a girl's girl like you hook up with guys that your friends like or you you know it's like stuff from high school it's like sonia was like oh i kind of liked harry and then like luann left with him and hooked up with him like that is fucked up and also like did you not learn that like four decades ago (laughs) well let's talk about that night briefly they're at a party at Sonia's house. Harry and Sonia have been like hooking up for God knows how long. They openly talk about it. To give a little recap of what Harry Dubin has one of the grossest vibes I've ever seen on a human male. Uh, definitely someone who's uh, affiliated with the Republican Party. Always yes. beat red from, I want to yes, say, alcohol. alcoholism. Yes. Slicked back hair, very much like a Don Jr. almost. Like an aged Don Jr., I would say. Has a creepy voice. Is always like saying some sexually suggestive thing has no shame like there's no embarrassment about him like he's totally content with how he comes off in his personality and is fine talking openly to uh sonia about the flavored condoms they use uh in the middle of the day i would say also gout vibes no strong gout vibes go on so he at a party at Sonia's house, gives her this huge ring. It looks like costume jewelry. It's like this clownish ring and says, this isn't an engagement ring, but it's a promise. And you can tell she's like, what's happening? And when she tells Ramona later, she's like, I didn't put it on. Ramona's like, oh, that's a bad sign. Then Luann has just broken up with Jacques or he's broken up with her, who knows, and announces it to the girls. And we hear on the mic, as Devin says, subtitles are a huge sign of, you know, something scandalous is about to happen. Says to Harry, like, let's get out of here, basically. <laughs> so cut to the next day. Sonia is laid up in bed with an ankle injury, saying that she chased a cab that Luann and Harry were in the night before. And as Ramona, who is obsessed, quote unquote, with female empowerment and constantly (laughs) is asking if you're supporting other women is like, she's not a girl's girl. She's not a girl's girl. And and the few times I will agree with Ramona, Luann is not a girl's girl. Very few times. And Ramona isn't either, by the way. I mean, when after Luann and him are divorced, Ramona hits Tom up to try to go on his yacht for a New Year's party in Florida. Like, she just doesn't give a fuck. And she's like, I'm sorry. What? What? I'm sorry. She's well, like, my friend sorry to go. What? Yeah. But yes, Harry Dubin, they still they share. I, I just I'm I'm just surprised that so many women slept with him like willingly. I'm not surprised. He's the guy who waits around to the end of the night. He's the guy at the parties in high school and college that just waits around till the oh, end of the night till a girl is drunk enough. Yeah. And you're like, that, that guy's just waiting till someone's really drunk. And I hope that no one gets that way. And I hope he's not still there and all his friends leave. And he just knows. I mean, it's dark. It's really dark. It is. It is really dark. And if I had to choose between Harry Dubin and a 24-year-old, I would be with the 24-year-old, um, 22-year-old model who was just showing up as a date. I would be with a male version of Amelia Gray Hamlin. But also, yeah. I will say, it says something about Aviva that she was married to him. And Aviva is, I think, the sickest, most narcissistic, evil 
housewives villain of the New York franchise. And there's a lot of competition and I cannot stand (laughs) her. Her husband, Reed, I think is actually like, it seems like if anything, his flaw is like he's too nice, but he has to go everywhere. Normal. Suspiciously normal. She makes him go everywhere with her because she has phobias, she says, about everything. So he has to come with her everywhere she goes and she brings him on a girl's trip and then gets mad that people didn't, quote, roll out a red carpet for him. I expected a sign that said, congratulations, Aviva, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) That's Carolina showing up to my birthday party. I'm like, really? Really? I expected a sign. (laughs) I, to be honest, I expected a party. Congratulations, Carolina. You got on a plane. You did it. You did it. So now you know what I expect. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's move on to uh, 
some to to one of the primary New York queens, Ramona. Can't have New York with her. Can we have New York without her? I don't know. She might be. There's a lot of talk right now that Ramona might not be in the next season of Real Housewives of New York because of her Trump support and her COVID spreading and her <laughs> anti-Semitism, her racism. Listen, they're all good reasons why she might not show up. As Bethany said when she was talking about Carol and Ramona uh, saying that she set up Tom D'Agostino. Uh, oh, you're talking about the girl who was fired and the girl who's about to be fired? Ooh. She has a way with words. She does. She has a way with words. Ramona begins married to Mario. Without knowing him, he's attractive. (laughs) Yes. Without him speaking, he's attractive. Without finding out that his job is selling, quote, religious articles, he's attractive. (laughs) And the mystery of how they get their money is just not solvable. I, I, to this day, do not know uh, how they had a mansion in the Hamptons and a penthouse on the Upper East Side. But this is the way of things. And she's obsessed with her marriage. She's obsessed with how good looking he is. And then the girls go to Morocco and meet with a psychic and the psychic speaks, speaks French. Kelly Ben Simone, who I'm shocked knows anything besides her book on bikinis that she published speaks French as well. Her and Luann are translating and the psychic says there's another girl. And at first they think she means another baby. And then they're like, no, there's another girl in the picture. The shock that ripples through this crowd of women huddled around is just, it's chilling. And I unfortunately loved every second of it and believed it right when the psychic uttered it. You're like, yeah, that is absolutely the case. My favorite is that Ramona later is like, well, Luann hits on my husband all the time as if that's the problem. Yeah. Well, Luann and Mario had like that beef where he called her countless after she got divorced and she like couldn't get over it. Um, (laughs) It's interesting, like, when I watched one of the first episodes of season two of The Morning Show, and which was one of my last, and I will never watch it again, there was a scene with a psychic, and I was like, are they fucking kidding me with this? Like, they're using a psychic to push the storyline forward. But yet, you'll never get a better Housewives episode than if there's a psychic. Like, oh, someone's like, oh, actually, as a normal thing, I invited a psychic to dinner, and it's normal. And you're like, things are about to get crazy. Camille Grammer's uh, medium friend, Allison, who repeatedly says that Patricia Arquette is playing her in a show, vapes during dinner and says, we are going to be bad tonight. Historically, the first vapor of all time. Yeah, it's it's really dark. It's also dark for Ramona to be like a 45 year old saying like, oh, so I'm going to have another baby girl. Yikes. No. Also, the darkness of the fact that we later find out the cheating was discovered by she went into her own apartment and Mario was sleeping with another girl in her bed. Now and her then she and, pretended that she had lost her contacts and that's why she was there because she was, it's rough. So her and Mario now seem to have like such a strong co-parenting, co-parenting relationship yeah. that people suspect, I don't know, maybe they are still together. Maybe they will end up back together, but she says, no, she seems to love single life. As Bethany put it, getting Ramona laid is like saving Private Ryan. Ramona <laughs> shows up to places and she's like, there's no cute guys here. There's no I hot know. guys here. 
She's like me when I was literally 17. I know. But- I'm like, how do you have the energy? God, I used to scour guys like in my early 20s in New York. And as Devin and I would get ready to go to a party where literally three people were there like playing video games. Yep. We would get ready as yeah, if we party, were going to be. Quote unquote. Party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We would get ready as if we were going to meet our future husbands. Like, how do you think I look good? Okay. Too much makeup? No. And we'd show up somewhere and there'd be like three girls and a guy that one of them was like already hooking up with. One time I made us remember I made a stop at Dwayne Reed so I could buy like a CoverGirl compact to like slap like two shades too dark bronzer on my face because I was like, I will not be seen like this. So that's the energy that Ramona is bringing into her 60s. And it's really it's impressive if I'm going to be completely honest. It is. It is. So if Ramona can catch Dick, then there's really hope for all of us. Also, I think the lesson in her story, her and Mario met and in according to her, the first words he said to her were, aren't you the girl with the black G string with the green ruffle? And she said, yes. So if a guy comes up to you and immediately before even knowing your name comments on your underwear, I think that's a red flag. Well, this was also must have been in the years where G strings were the kinkiest, sexiest thing a girl could ever wear as an eclipse song. One of the rappers says, I've got a girl whispering in my ear that she got a thong on. And I was like, if I whispered in the ear in 2022, I've got a thong on. A guy would be like, good for you. Congratulations. Good for you. You got the five for 25 deal at Victoria's Secret. That's awesome. (laughs) Exactly. It's going to fall apart in the wash in actually uh, 10 minutes, but good for you. I mean, this was before Whale Tale where... You know, Degrassi characters were walking down the hall with uh, their thong riding up their ass. And it was considered like the hottest, like most scandalous thing ever. Hashtag Manny Santos. My have you grown? <laughs> I, I did that all the time in seventh grade. Oh, my gosh. But then one of my more humiliating moments in my life was when Russell and Nathan in seventh grade said they wanted to talk to me. And I said, what's up? And they said, one time you yawned and we saw the top of your pubes. I hate boys so much. <laughs> I hate boys the so much. The fact that they were like, we have to talk to you. Like, shut <laughs> exactly. up. I hate you. They grew up to be Harry Dubin. That's what I'm saying. They grew <laughs> exactly. up to be Harry Dubin. Harry Dubin exactly. and Mario were like, hey, can I talk to you? We have to tell you something. I saw your pubes. Fuck you. I want to talk about like one of the more tragic characters on the show, which I believe is Tinsley Mortimer. Oh. <gasps> I would give anything for Tinsley to come back. I didn't know how much I needed her until she was gone. Tinsley is married to some billionaire oil magnet. I don't really understand what uh, Topper Mortimer, the most waspy, bougie name that you could ever give a child, except for Tinsley Mortimer, of course, um, did. But she just has a rough past. There definitely is an issue with alcohol there. She's a gorgeous, beautiful girl. But just things aren't working out for her. And and I do think it has to do with low self-esteem. And and it really makes me realize, like, she was trying to do everything right to get a guy to marry her and have kids with her. That is her whole motive, it seems, all the seasons of Real Housewives of New York. She just wants to settle down, I think. So she was she went to boarding school she's from the mercer family which is like i think an old money southern family she went to boarding school and met topper mortimer who is from an old money new york family when they were 18 years old they ran away from high school their boarding school and got married 
inspired by a 90210 episode they had yeah, just watched. Yeah, she got her, his name tattooed on her. They had like this romance that was followed in like page six and it was like this famous they were like a famous new york couple and then they got divorced so she really reminds me of sonia in the in the fact that i think she's so tied to that narrative of like her and topper and her mom of course is like dale is so um darkly obsessed with the fact that tinsley and topper tinsley and topper and the life they could have had um so it's just sad. And I remember when it was announced she was going to be on the show, we all were like, oh, fuck yeah. Because then she had been arrested for like stalking, I think, of another yeah, ex-boyfriend. Yeah, like trespassing out of her ex-boyfriend's house. Yeah, we were just like, we can't fucking wait. And it, it almost was like a disappointment. I remember that like her storyline was like, I just want to get married and have kids. I was like, wait, I want to know about like the you that tried to like break into your ex's house. Like that's what I'm looking for. But she did end up delivering in other ways. Yeah, she just has an air of chaos and sadness about her, even though she has everything that you think you want. She just does not have self-esteem, it seems. And for her first season on the show, she does the classic mistake of not really appreciating that cameras are on her. So she makes out with a 21-year-old at a bowling alley while he's um, mid-eating French fries and just seems like this very sultry like vibe. But it's kind of uncomfortable to watch. Openly talks about having anal with her first husband. And then Carol Radswell makes the tragic decision to set her up with Scott Kluth, who uh, made a website where he sells coupon codes. Tinsley inexplicably because every random average guy has a amazing girl who's dying to marry him is like obsessed with Scott. He shows up to her apartment once as a surprise and she falls to the floor like as if she's going to faint. And she's by the way obviously ready to see him. She's wearing like wearing a, a ball gown dress in the middle she's, of the day. Like make perfect makeup and she's like, "Oh my god." Which is sort of like when a guy buys you chocolates and you're like, wow, he is the one. He has really showed up for me today. She also like would send him photos of her trying on wedding dresses. Like just like so that was to the extreme. I love Dale, her mom's energy. Her mom has like this crazy Southern drawl. Is, is she a good person? We do not know. Um, no. You know, uh, but she would show up and being like she made her daughter freezer eggs, which I think is is a good idea for anyone who can afford to do that. I would love to be able to afford to do that someday because then that means you can really relax and kick back. But Dale comes to visit and says, I thought that we could go try on wedding dresses today. And Tinsley, instead of being like, that's actually fucking insane. <laughs> is like, I hope you'd say that. And oh they go try God. on wedding dresses cameras are filming them i could not like there's nothing more humiliating to me i mean do i look at wedding dresses online all the time love wedding culture as you know i i do have a podcast about uh romantic storylines this is totally understandable to be obsessed with that do you openly try on wedding dresses when you're dating someone who has clear attachment issues with your mother dale no and princess wedding gowns yeah and like they ended up when they're trying on the dresses they ended up like looking at photos of her frozen embryos and crying. and crying and it was an iconic moment and the thing is that tinsley really came into her own i think 
the moment before she left the show. She ends up leaving the show because Scott finally proposes to her on the condition that she leaves the show. She moves to Chicago. So he has to admit, this is what makes me so mad about him. I'm like, for Tinsley fucking Mortimer to leave New York and move to Chicago to be Mrs. Coupon King, to be Mrs. Coupon King with her strawberry and shortcake poodles. He didn't respect that. And that drives me crazy because he ended up breaking up with her. But right before she left the show, she was coming into her own with with Leah McSweeney as her best friend. And Leah brought this cool factor to her where Leah was like, Tinsley just is herself and like doesn't give a fuck with what anyone thinks. And that's what I love about her. And she's really fun. And suddenly you were like, oh, my God. Yeah, she is who she is. And she doesn't care what anyone thinks. I do love that about her. And she is kind of like quiet and passive. And that's cool. Whatever. Like she's like the high school girl and love it and they kind of had like this dynamic that was great and then she left the show because she was going to go get married and be mrs coupon king now that's no longer happening and i really deeply hope that she comes back to the show because we need her i agree and i i i just think that i i want her to find a family i want her to find love i think she would be a really good mom i'm i'm sad that scott wasted so much of her time I want to do some rapid couples and just to go through quickly because I have a few things to say about each of them. Okay. Jill's Aaron and Bobby. My one word response is forever. Carol Radswell and Adam. Fake. Absolutely fake. Adam has boy toy energy. He was later spotted with Elle McPherson. There's something really as Bethany later tells Carol, which completely disintegrates their friendship. He's, I think, I think this guy's an operator. Yep. He has very much like couch surfing energy. Yeah. And I believe as you said, Devin, Carol acts like she's too good for the show, but she absolutely fits into the show. She's one of the women nearing her 60s who's dating a guy in his 20s. She fits in perfectly. Yeah. But she does not want to appear that way. That was that was how that was how Bethany really dominated her in the arguments and in the reunion shows is that Bethany Bethany would treat her like she was just like the rest of them. And Carol was like, no, 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 it's supposed to be you and I who are separate and we're not like them. But Bethany would like kind of roll her eyes and be like, (laughs) "Okay," and couldn't have been more cutting to Carol because she did. She started out as like cool girl, former Kennedy widow or journalist, whatever. But then it became so clear how insecure she was about that, that it was like, all right, well, it's not cool that you were a Kennedy if you constantly bring it up. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of painful, but uh, she Bethany does say in the most recent season 10, like, well, Carol doesn't have a lot going on. She doesn't really work. She doesn't have a husband. And that's something that Carol is like freaks out about. And and during the reunion, it says, like, I'll put my resume up to yours any day. I was a journalist at ABC News, all this stuff. And Bethany goes like, no, I'd like to talk about this decade, actually. (laughs) Incredible. Kristen Takeman and Josh. Tragic. Tragic. The fact that they're still together makes me sick. It's so, so sad. And he was, after they were off the show, it was really hard watching them together because Josh would be like, I got to go at Mysterious Hours of the Night. He also would say, I would come home more if you cooked dinner. She wants him to like just be around for her daughter's physical therapy and stuff like that. And he acts so pained to be. She is stunning. He is completely average. 
this is just another example of like women being like like dying for this fucking dud to pay attention to you i mean i have more sympathy for her because she's legitimately married to him but he like yells at her on the phone it's so painful i don't want to judge people's relationships but they should be divorced they absolutely should he was also exposed to be on the ashley madison website said he signed up as a joke Okay, you put credit card info down as a joke. Love to prank myself by signing up for dating websites. It's hilarious. Truly. Uh, And then we have Dorinda and John. Hmm. I mean, tragic at first when John shows up coked out to a party Dorinda's wasted. I mean, Dorinda and drugs and alcohol is just fascinating to me, especially at a reunion where she's like, I don't do drugs. And all the women are like, Dorinda, let's just not talk about it. She's like, what do you mean? do drugs and everyone's like let's just shut this conversation like we're not gonna do a charade here let's just shut this down i guess i follow some hashtag or something on twitter where like bravo tweets are always like the first ones that come up when i open it and someone once posted like a screenshot of her when she looked like the joker because she was so wasted and like her lipsticks all over her face and someone commented on it and was like how dare you all make fun of this person who's clearly so sick and suffering and it's like no but that's the thing she says she's not she lives in such delusion and she goes on this show and tries to act like she doesn't have a drinking problem like whatever dorinda is a sad case i would like her to come back if she has been able to improve herself in her life at all we definitely felt the loss of her this season um her and john at first i liked the idea of it where she was like i just like was married to this most amazing man richard and now i just kind of date this guy casually and i don't want to live with him i just want to hang out with him when it's convenient for me was into that then the second he came on camera i was like oh no 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 and then her daughter calls her a chubby chaser and it's it's yikes it's a lot and to end on a happy note which you brought up Devin, we have cindy barshop uh you know empire of laser hair removal and she has twins from sperm donor i don't know if it was a sperm donor i don't remember but i know it was ivf and that she was just raising twins on her own and that like her intro to the show was like i'm proof that you don't need a husband to have it all which i loved and i thought she was cool but she was unfortunately too normal for the show and was like actually never mind bye And what recently I loved was that one of her childs came out as trans and she was super open about it. Mario Lopez said some insensitive comments about it or just ignorant comments about it. Ew, fuck him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And she basically said like, no, I'm glad he said something because it's a chance for me to talk about, you know, there's so many misconceptions about this. And and she said like nothing has changed. And, you know, and she said trans children, they know their identity yep and i just thought that it was really inspiring that you know she was so open about it especially because her child had given her permission and i think it's really inspiring you know gabrielle union and Dwayne wade's daughter coming out as trans like people have so many misconceptions and to have your family behind you in any decision is so important i can't imagine as big of a decision as that but um, to suddenly make a huge detour into uh, a serious issue, I think it's really beautiful when uh, families embrace their children for exactly as they are. And as Glennon Doyle says, don't say things like, I'll love you no matter what. That's what you say when your child's like convicted of murder. You say like, that's so great. You discovered something new about yourself. Well, I hope Charlotte and Harry from And Just Like That are listening oh to this podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> 
I mean, just like that alone is a um a, is a episode for another day. But for today, I'm so glad that we got to talk about really a franchise that brought me through 2021. That's not an exaggeration. I'm glad we did too. And I just pray for Tinsley. Prayers for Tinsley and strawberry and shortcake. And shortcake. I love you, Devin. We'll talk to you next week. Love you, Carol. with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.